Their eyes were watching God. Chapter 1 Ships at a distance have every man's wish on board. For some, they come in with the tide. For others, they sail forever on the horizon, never out of sight, never landing until the watcher turns his eyes away in resignation. His dreams mock to death by time. That is the life of men. Now, women forget all those things they don't want to remember, and remember everything they don't want to forget. The dream is the truth. Then, they act and do things accordingly. So the beginning of this was a woman, and she had come back from burying the dead. Not the dead of sick and ailing with friends at the pillow and the feet. She had come back from the sodden and the bloated, the sudden death, their eyes flung wide open in judgment. The people all saw her come because it was sundown. The sun was gone, but he had left his footprints in the sky. It was the time for sitting on porches beside the road. It was the time to hear things and talk. These sitters had been tongueless, earless, eyeless conveniences all day long. Mules and other brutes had occupied their skins. But now, the son and the boss man were gone, so the skins felt powerful and human. They became lords of sounds and lesser things. They passed nations through their mouths. They sat in judgment. Seeing the woman as she was made them remember the envy they had stored up from other times. So they chewed up the back parts of their minds and swallowed with relish. They made burning statements with questions and killing tools out of laughs. It was mass cruelty. A mood come alive. Words walking without masters. Walking all together like harmony in a song. What's she doing coming back here in them overalls? Can't she find no dress to put on? Where's that blue satin dress she left her in? Where all that money her husband took and died and left her? What that old 40-year-old woman doing with her hair swinging down her back like some young gal? Where she left that young lad of a boy she went off here with? Thought she was going to marry. Where he left her? What he done with all her money? Bet she off with some gal so young she ain't even got no hairs. Why she don't stay in her class? When she got to where they were, she turned her face on the bander log and spoke. They scrambled a noisy, good evening, and left their mouths setting open and their ears full of hope. Her speech was pleasant enough, but she kept walking straight on to her gate. The porch couldn't talk for looking. The men noticed her firm buttocks like she had grapefruits in her hip pockets, the great rope of black hair swinging to her waist and unraveling in the wind like a plume, then her pugnacious breasts trying to bore holes in her shirt. They, the men, were saving with the mind what they lost with the eye. The women took the faded shirt and muddy overalls and laid them away for remembrance. It was a weapon against her strength, and if it turned out of no significance, still, it was a hope that she might fall to their level some day. But nobody moved. Nobody spoke. Nobody even thought to swallow spit until after her gate slammed behind her. Pearl Stone opened her mouth and laughed real hard because she didn't know what else to do. She fell all over Mrs. Sumpkins while she laughed. Mrs. Sumpkins snorted violently and sucked her teeth. <coughs> Y'all let her worry ya. You ain't like me. I ain't got her to study about. If she ain't got manners enough to stop and let folks know how she been making out, let her go on. She ain't even worth talking after, Lulu Moss dawled through her nose. She sits high, but she looks low. That's what I say about those old women running after young boys. Phoebe Watson hitched her rocking chair forward before she spoke. Well, nobody don't know if it's anything to tell or not. Me, and I'm her best friend, and I don't know. Maybe us don't know into things like you do, 
But we all know how she went way from here, and us show seen her come back. Tain't no use in trying to cloak no old woman like Janie Starks, Phoebe, friend or no friend. At that, she ain't so old as some of y'all is talking. She's way past 40 to my knowledge, Phoebe. No more than 40 at the outside. She's way too old for a boy like Tea Cake. Tea Cake ain't been no boy for some time. He's round 30 his own self. Don't care what it is. She can stop and say a few words with us. She act like we done done something to her. Pearlstone complained. She the one been doing wrong. You mean, you mad cause she didn't stop and tell us all her business. Anyhow, what you ever know her to do so bad as y'all make out? The worst thing I ever know her to do was taking a few years off of her age and that ain't never harmed nobody. Y'all makes me tired. The way you talk and you think the folks in this town didn't do nothing in the bed except praise the Lord. You have to excuse me. Cause I'm bound to go take her some supper. Phoebe stood up sharply. Don't mind us, Lulu smiled. Just go right ahead. Uh, us can mind your house for till you get back. The supper is done. You better go see how she feel. You can let the rest of us know. Lord, Pearl agreed. I done scorched up that little meat and bread too long to talk about. I can stay away from the home as long as I please. My husband ain't fussy. Oh, here, Phoebe. If you's ready to go, I could walk over there with you. Mrs. Sumpkins volunteered. It's sort of dusking down dark. The booger man might catch you. Nah, uh, thank you. Nothing couldn't catch me these few steps I'm going. Anyhow, my husband tell me, say no first-class booger would ever have me. If she got anything to tell you, you'll hear it. Phoebe hurried on off with a covered bowl in her hands. She left the porch pelting her back with unasked questions. They hoped the answers were cruel and strange. When she arrived at the place, Phoebe Watson didn't go in by the front gate and walked down the palm walk to the front door. She walked around the fence corner and went in the intimate gate with her heaping plate of mulatto rice. Janie must be around that side. She found her sitting on the steps of the back porch with the lamps all filled and the chimneys clean. Hello, Janie. How you coming? Oh, pretty good. I'm trying to soak some, uh, some of the tiredness and the dirt on my feet. She laughed a little. Ah, I see you is. Gal, you looks good. You looks like you's your own daughter. They both laughed. Even with them overalls on, you show your womanhood. Come on, come on. You must think I brought you something when I ain't brought home a thing but myself. That's a gracious plenty. Your friends wouldn't want nothing better. I takes that flattery off of you, Phoebe, because I know it's from the heart. Jenny extended her hand. Good Lord, Phoebe, ain't you never going to give me that little rations you brought me? I ain't had a thing on my stomach today except my hand. They both laughed easily. Give it here and have a seat. I knowed you'd be hungry. No time to be on the stove with after dark. My mulatto rice ain't so good this time. Not enough bacon grease, but I reckon it'll kill hungry. I'll tell you in a minute, Jenny said, lifting the cover. Gal, it's too good. He switches a mean fanny round in the kitchen. Aw, uh, that ain't much to eat, Jenny. But I'm liable to have some show enough good tomorrow, because you don't come. Jenny ate heartily and said nothing. The very colored cloud dust that, she, that the sun had stirred up in the sky was settling by slow degrees. Here, Phoebe, take your old plate. I ain't got a bit of use for an empty dish. That grub show come in handy. Phoebe laughed at her friend's rough joke. You's just as crazy as you ever was. Hand me that wash rag on that chair behind you, honey. 
Let me scrub my feet. She took the cloth and rubbed vigorously. Laughter came to her from the big road. Well, I see mouth almighty is still sitting in the same place. And I reckon they got me up in they mouth now. Yes, indeed. You know if you pass some people that don't speak to suit them, they got to go way back in your life and see what you ever done. They know more about you than you do your own self. An envious heart makes a treacherous ear. They done her by you just what they hope done happen. If God don't think no more about them than I do, they's lost a ball in the high grass. I hears what they say because they will just collect around my porch because it's on the big road. My husband gets so sick of him sometime he make them all get for home. Sam is right too. They just wearing out your sitting chairs. Yeah, Sam say most of them goes to church so they'll be sure to rise in judgment. That's the day that every secret is supposed to be made known. They wants to be there and hear it all. Sam is too crazy. You can't stop laughing when you's around him. Uh-huh. He says he aims to be there himself so he can find out who stole his corn cob pipe. Phoebe, that Sam of yourn just won't quit. Crazy thing. Most of these zigaboos is so head up over your business till they liable to hurry themselves to judgment to find out about it if they don't soon know. You better make haste and tell him about you and TK getting married, and if he taken all your money and went off with some young gal, and where at is he now, and where at is all your clothes that you got to come back here in overalls? I don't mean to bother with telling him nothing, Phoebe. It ain't worth the trouble. You can tell him what I what to say if you wants to. That's just the same as me, cause my tongue is in my friend's mouth. If you so desire, I'll tell him what you tell me to tell him. To start off with, people like them waste up too much time putting their mouth on things they don't know nothing about. Now they gotta look into me loving tea cake and see whether it is done right or not. They don't know if life is a mess of cornmeal dumplings and if love is a bed quilt. So long as they got a name to gnaw on, they don't care whose it is and what about, especially if they can make it sound like evil. If they wants to see and know, why they don't come kiss and be kissed? I can then sit down and tell them things. I've been a delegate to the big association of life, yes sir. The Grand Lodge, the big convention of living is just where I've been this year and a half, y'all ain't seen me. They sat there in the fresh young darkness close together. Phoebe eager to feel and do through Janny, but hating to show her zest for fear and might be thought more curiosity. Janny, full of that oldest human longing, self-revelation. Phoebe held her tongue for a long time, but she couldn't help moving her feet. So Janny spoke. They don't need to worry about me and my overalls as long as I still got $900 in the bank. TK got me into wearing them. Following behind him. TK ain't wasted up no money of mine, and he ain't left me for no young gal neither. He give me every consolation in the world. He'd tell him so too, if he was here, if he wasn't gone. Phoebe dilated all over with eagerness. TK gone? Yeah, Phoebe, TK is gone, and that's the only reason you see me back here, because I ain't got nothing to make me happy no more where I was at. Down in the Everglades there, down on the muck. It's hard for me to understand what you mean, the way you tell it, and then again, I'm hard of understanding at times. Nah, tain't nothing like you might think, so tain't no use in me telling you something unless I give you the understanding to go along with it. Unless you see the fur, a mink skin, ain't no different from a coon hide. Look at here, Phoebe, is Sam waiting on you for his supper? It's already in waiting. If he ain't got sense enough to eat it, that's his hard luck. Well then, 
We can sit right here where we is and talk. I got the house all open up to let this breeze get a little catching. Phoebe, we've been kissing friends for 20 years, so I depend on you for a good thought. And I'm talking to you from that standpoint. Time makes everything old, so the kissing young darkness became a monstropolis old thing while Jenny talked.